Today, I would like to continue uh, from where I stopped last week. Uh, last week, I started talking about the peace of God and went through a few scriptures. I'm just going to do a quick recap on what we talked, what we covered last week, and I will try to shut down on this topic today. Amen. Praise the Lord. When you hear shut down, you put it in prayer. You say, Amen. So that Pastor Sunday will not go another three weeks on that. Amen. So please pay careful attention. Sometimes when people are not getting it, I think it's the reason why sometimes we have to then stretch and stretch and stretch because I can pick in my spirit sometimes that people are not getting it. Then, then I have to break it down, break it down, simplify, simplify. Well, that's my job anyway. That's my job as a pastor. So I got to do it. So I trust God that for every one of us this morning will have understanding as we continue on this topic. So the peace of God. So last week I defined peace for us um, according to vocabulary.com. Uh, that peace is a stress-free state of security and calmness that comes when there's no fighting or war. Everything coexisting in perfect harmony and freedom. And then uh, we looked at the situation of things in our world and we know that there's no, there's no such thing as a perfect peace or harmony uh, because there's war, there's fighting, uh, there's confusion, there's selfishness, there's pride, there's faction, there's divide, you know, all around us. So we know that there's no peace in the world. World. So if peace were to be, uh, if peace were to exist only in the absence of this negative occurrences or situations around us, then it means that we cannot be in peace at all. But Jesus said to us in the book of John chapter 14 that, you know, he said, John 14, 27, he said, I leave, he said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. This is contrasting to what's going on around us and how the world sees peace. You know, because the peace of the world, the peace of natural people who are not in Christ, is rooted in what they can see, how they feel, if there's no war, if there's no confusion. But Jesus is saying to us in the book of John chapter 14 that the peace he gives to us is not dependent or has no connection to the things around us, to the state of our heart, to the state of our mind, to our emotions. He said the kind of peace he gives to us is not the peace that the world gives you. The peace the world gives to us is, is conditioned uh, is conditional to the things that uh, vocabulary.com mentions as peace, as the you know, as the existence of peace. What what makes peace exist? Amen. So Jesus saying that the kind of peace I give to you is not the is not the kind of peace that the world gives you. And he said, "Do not be afraid. <laughs> Do not, let not your heart be troubled. The world will expect your heart to be troubled." Expect to be afraid. You hear things on the news like, we, you know, you hear politicians or medical professionals, respected medical professionals, interviewed on on this in mainstream media, where they are asked, "When should we start getting worried about this?" Then you hear the funny guy say, "Really, we should start getting worried now. Why?" So the world expects you to be afraid. The world expects you to be worried. The world will sell insurance to you on the basis that on the basis of fear that anything can happen to you. The world will use all manner of things to put fear in your heart. Obviously, they they, they are not friends of God. They are friends of the enemy. 
right? So, and they are puppets to the enemy. That doesn't sound good, but I'm telling you the truth. If a person is not saved, they are instruments in the hand of the devil and it's only when the devil wants to use them. You know, in, in, in um, cyber security, there's something we call DDoS attack, uh, distributed denial of service. So this is when um, hackers would download some kind of malware in many, in thousands of computers. And when they want to attack a particular company's network, they, they use, they, they send, and I'm trying to make it as natural as possible, they send kind of communications and messages through these thousands of computers and they bombard the network and overpower and overwhelm the network of a company that they are not able to operate. And that is what every child, every person who is not a child of God is in the hand of the devil. When he wants to launch an attack on a saint or something, what he just needs to do is to, is to trigger some inspiration and instruction in the mind of all these people to carry out the to start carry out a destruction. So when I say that an, an unsafe person is a puppet in the hand of the devil, I know what I'm talking about. I know what I mean because the Bible tells us that. You know, Jesus came to deliver us from the power of sin, from the power of the devil. So if a person is not saved, it means they are not delivered from the power and the control of the devil. So if you're not delivered from the power and the control of the devil, it means it can use you anytime. He is your boss. So when we ask people, when we persuade people to give their life to Christ, we're not inviting them into a religion. We are, we are, we are offering them freedom from the power of darkness. Amen. So an unsafe person is a puppet in the hand of the devil. So all these politicians, all the celebrities, all this, this the celebrity matter is another thing. Is another is an entire is something entirely, you know, it's a big thing on its own. Yeah, because celebrities are specialized instrument in the hand of the devil to confuse your identity. I repeat, Hollywood celebrities and world celebrities are specialized tools and ammunition and weapon in the hand of the devil to confuse your identity. They are, they are so skilled through their movies and all kinds of stuff to program lie into your mind, to bring what is not real to your life and expect you and help you or make you to expect what is not true, what is not real, or to live in this world that does not exist. You hear things like they live happily ever after. Yeah, God wants us to live happily ever after in our marriage. But a lot of things, the reality is that the world does not call out in the movies you watch when it comes to marriage, right? And there's a way they also paint marriage to you to be evil, uh, to be something not to do anymore. And for you to start, for people to start living together, to try one another, how to test one another, to know whether they are compatible, things that are completely contrary to the word of the Lord. The celebrities are, the enemy of you celebrities, you know, what is celebrities? To be honest, there should be no such thing as celebrity in the faith. So a pastor with a pastor celebrity is to some extent and it's an instrument in the hand of the devil. Yes, I say that with all authority because I'm trying to get words to explain the celebrity concept because celebrity, it's, uh, it's really about the, the kind of value or kind of um, praise that human beings ascribe to you. So the value and the worth of a celebrity is based on the perception of human beings around them. It's not based on what God says about them. I've not gone off course. This is, uh, this is a moment in my, in my teaching where I have word of knowledge because I believe God is speaking to someone right now. I get him. So, pop, so celebrities, whether they are Christian or they are non-Christian, people who have been given a kind of value and praise 
Or people who have been given a kind of value and worth of it so based on human perception, their instruments in hand of the enemy because their value and their worth is dependent on the perception of those people. And when those perception, perceptions are changing, they try to do whatever they need to do to hold that value because the, the assets they have is people's perception of them. So we are the one who make people celebrities. And we are the one funding and encouraging that lifestyle. And we got to be careful, right? And these people, this is where I'm going. These people, the people that we have ascribed some glory and honor and stuff to are the people that the enemy is using an instrument to confuse us. Many people take their, take their, their lessons, their identity, their way of life, their conduct from what celebrities say. And we have quite a number of them on, 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 on social media, on YouTube. So you got to be careful, right? So the world will want to program your mind with fear. So whoever has been your source of inspiration, whether celebrities or political puppets in the hand of the devil, you got to check yourself. Amen. So I've tried to establish the fact that as long as there's no peace in this world, which there is none, it's just a matter of time when something else, as one is coming, another one's coming up, right? We will not have the kind of peace in the world that the, that the world I mean, we will not have peace according to the definition of the word. But Jesus said, don't let your heart be troubled. Do not be afraid. In this world, there will be troubles, but I've given you peace. Right. So which means Jesus wants you to have to be in a, in a stress-free state of security and calmness, despite the madness that surrounds us, despite the craziness, despite the fighting surrounding us. Jesus has given you a peace on you in your heart. Jesus wants you to become, to be to live a stress-free life despite what's going on around you. I'll jump ahead on myself a little bit to start bringing some stuff in here. Uh, so one of, one of the reasons why I believe that Jesus is saying that to us is because of the peace he has given to us. And what's the peace? The peace is because he has overcome the world. He has subdued the power of darkness. Satan has no right of control over you. So it's now you and I's responsibility to understand the resp- our responsibility to put the devil in his place. I repeat, it's now our responsibility to understand our responsibility because you need to know, you need to take the responsibility to know that it is your responsibility to walk in peace. Amen. Double responsibility. So last week I looked at um, what produces anxiety in our lives. You know, anxiety is a, is a feeling of worry, nervousness, unease, about something with an uncertain outcome. And I said one of the reasons why we live in anxiety in our world today as Christians because of this fear of uncertainty. We don't know, we have this, this uncertainty about the future. All right, one, of the, one of the kids in the church last week was saying to me that how I pronounced uncertainty was not very correct. Well, when I, <laughs> I've been trying to get my pronunciation right. I don't know whether I'm getting it or not, but I know it's uncertain. <laughs> yeah, we have fun in church. Amen. So a feeling of worry, nervousness, or unease about something with an uncertain outcome. Look around you. There's so much uncertainty. Many people don't know whether they'll be fired tomorrow. Many people don't know whether their job will remain tomorrow. Many people don't know whether there's so many things on so many things uncertain in the world we live in today. But we can put our faith in God that God's got our back, that God will never leave us nor forsake us, that God will always guide us in the way we should go. 
If we refuse to put our eyes on God, set our mind, our focus on God and what God is able to do for us or what God has done for us or what God has put on the inside of us, we will live in a state of constant anxiety. And as long as the world defines peace as um, absence of things that create anxiety in you, which those things will never be absent, they will always be present with us, it means you will always be anxious and you will never have the God kind of peace. Let me take you back a little bit to Genesis. All the trouble in the world we have today was created, I mean, came into the world after Adam sinned. The Bible says that Adam sinned and sin entered the world and death, spiritual death, even physical death, spread to all men. Right? Death spread to all men and death has various forms. Most of the time when people look at death, they look at death in the form of cessation of life when people cease to exist in this physical realm, in their body. But death has various forms because the Bible tells us in the book of James that and when death, when sin has fully grows, it produces death, right? So when people are giving themselves to sin, something is dying on the inside of them. But it gets to a kind of, uh, it gets to, but when it gets to the peak, you see death manifest in, maybe in the form of physical death, mental death, emotional death. So death has various forms. So we need to bear that in mind that each time we give ourselves to things that are ungodly, right, we are participating in the kind of death or we are allowing death to come into our lives. Amen. So going back to Genesis, all these evil things came into the world when sin entered the world and death spread to all men. Right, And Jesus came to deliver us from the power of that death, spiritual death. And Jesus came to deliver us from the power of Satan, who has the power of death. Right? So if Jesus has come to deliver us from the power of Satan, from the power of death, I'm talking about spiritual death here, it means that all these negative and evil things don't have a right to control our lives. That's one of the things that Jesus came to do. He came to restore our authority over the things of the world. Authority. Okay, I need to rephrase that. Jesus came to give us authority over all the works of darkness. He came to give us authority over all the powers of darkness so that we can live in victory. And Jesus demonstrated it. When Jesus came into this world, one of the things he came to do was to demonstrate what the life of the Christian should look like. So the Christian should be able to heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers. Right. If we are not seeing those things happen in our life today, it's because we have not come to the point of realization, spiritual realization of what is on the inside of us, what God has done for us in Christ Jesus. And we are all on that journey. You will realize that the more you know how much God loves you, the more you know how much the Father is for you, the more you know how much there is to the efficacy of the power of God on the inside of you. According to Ephesians 1.19, you realize that the stronger and the more vibrant your Christian life is. The more confident you are, the more bold you are, the more courageous you are, because God has not called you to live in defeat. Amen. So anxiety, a feeling of worry, nervousness, or unease about something with an uncertain outcome, uncertainty in the world today, fear of the unknown creates so much anxiety inside of us, but we should learn to put our trust in the Father. We should learn to put our trust in God. And ask him for direction and let him lead us in the path we ought to go. God will never leave you and I in a state whereby in a, in, an, in a state of helplessness. God will never leave you and I in the state of helplessness. He even said he will never he say he will never leave you nor forsake you. Even when your, your father and your mother may forsake you, they may abandon you, but he will never leave you. 
So all of the instability and fear and panic and defeat in the life of a believer today is because he does not, he or she does not know what God has done for us in Christ Jesus and what God has made available to him or I in Christ Jesus. Simply to say, we do not know our rights and privileges in Christ. I repeat, we do not know our rights and privileges in Christ. I'm not saying I know everything. I'm still on the journey. And that's one of the reasons why I believe God has called my wife and I into this ministry, that as we continue on that journey of discovering more of our rights and privileges in Christ Jesus, we help other people too to come along on this journey with us of discovering our rights and privileges in Christ so that we can become the person he has called us to be and we can enforce his will and his kingdom on us. I'll tell you what, we're going to have a lot of opposition. We do have opposition in, in this assignment, but we rejoice because we know that we have victory in Christ Jesus. Amen. So um, let's go for that down today into, you know, how to make the peace of God rule in your life. You know, letting the peace of God rule in your life. A few scriptures I would like us to quickly read before we go further down. Uh, okay, before I do that, there's something that I thought, felt I should call out. I've kind of touched on it. Uh, one of the other things that and it's about one of the other things that, co- that causes or produces anxiety in our lives or in our heart. And that is uh, our focus on surrounding unrest. Many of us have watched the news too much. A friend was saying to me, was it two weeks ago, last week, she said she has stopped watching the news because there's so much negativity in the news. Now, the so much unrest that surrounds us is filtered into our mind through many channels the news, some movies we watch, and some communications, some association that we keep, some network that we belong to, so even some spiritual or Christian um, groups we belong to. And we must learn to recognize that anything that is not of peace is not of God. And we should not, we should not expose ourselves to these things. I intentionally, you know, included or call out the fact that some Christian groups you and I belong to, I don't belong to any of them because I put myself out. Some Christian groups that we belong to magnify unrest. You know, when they bombard your mind with all manner of stuff about the book of Revelation, many things, many of the things in the book of Revelation that they themselves don't understand. And if the word of God is not to produce unrest in us, like Jesus said, I wish not allow our heart to be troubled. If someone is teaching you the book of Revelation in such a way that's putting fear in your heart, then you know that that's not the right interpretation of the book of Revelation. And all manner of nonsense that many, many believers have been taught that is putting fear and panic in people's heart. Even Apostle Paul said that the coming of the Lord should not meet us like a thief in the night. There's no need for us to be afraid about the coming of the Lord. The Bible tells us that when the Lord, when the Lord returns, we look, we, we see Him, and then we, we, we will be caught up with Him. It is not something that should frighten you. The coming of the Lord should not frighten you; should not scare you. It should be something that we should look forward to. If you take your time to look at Apostle Paul and follow him properly. He, he talks about the hope of the, our hope in the return of the Lord. So the early church were hopeful; they were looking forward to the coming back of the Lord. But if you and I are afraid of the coming back of the Lord, we have been wrongly taught. Are you prepared? Now, this is me. This is my drama uh, session again. And Mariazza, are you prepared? Because the coming of the Lord is like a thief in the night. Are you prepared? 
The Lord will just going to go by in a second. And if you're not ready to catch up with him at that very moment, you miss it. It's a bloody lie. You know, when I use the word bloody, it means it's an extreme lie. It's a bloody lie that Jesus will appear in a second. And if you're not ready to catch up with him, you are a, I mean, you lose your chance. Is he, what we call these uh, tubes, um, trains, underground train station, on, underground trains in London, whereby if you miss, if you are not in the train by a certain time, the train is gone. No, 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 that, that's not it. The Bible says that we will, we, we, we will cut up with him in the clouds and we will reign with him forever. We will reign with him forever. So it's not like a kind of situation that Jesus is going to come and um, if you're not ready, if you're not authentic, okay, what if you were sleeping when Jesus returns? Does that mean it's finished for you? No, no, let's start thinking. Let's start thinking and, re- and reasoning this thing out. So what I'm trying to say is that the word of God should not produce unrest in our heart. And I must always call out to believers because I've dealt with so many cases in this, in this regard that the unrest and the fear and the panic that comes into our lives is not only true through the world, but even through the church. Preachers and pastors who do not know the word of God, who are preaching and teaching us the message of doom. You know, it's very, very wrong and spiritually wrong for someone to invite you to give your life to Christ on the basis that if you don't do, right, you will end up in hell. It is not right. Because how many times in the Bible have we, did we, how many times in the Bible did Jesus ever say, go and tell people that if you don't give their life to Christ, they will go to hell? Do you remember that Jesus said, even in John chapter 3, verse 16 and 17, the popular verse that we read when it comes to uh, ministering the gospel, Jesus said, he said, the Bible says, say, for God so loved the word that he gave his only begotten son, Jesus speaking, that whosoever believe in him will not perish, but have eternal life. And Jesus said in verse 17, he said, I have not come to condemn the world, but I have come that the world might be saved. So Jesus has not sent you one night to go and give the world a message of condemnation, but a, a message of hope, a message of salvation. Good news. It is called the good news, not evil news, not threat news, but good news. See, it's none of you and I's business how Jesus wins people to the Lord. It's the work of the Holy Ghost. Our duty is to do what Jesus has us to do. Preach the gospel. Preach that people's sins are forgiven. That God has restored, has restored humankind to himself through the death and the resurrection of Jesus. That Jesus has paid for all their sin. That God is not angry at people. That the punishment of their sins have been paid for. That is you and nice business. To tell them about the God's, God's love for them. To tell them about the propit- that Jesus is the propitiation, the atoning sacrifice for their sin and, of our, and, our, and for our sin. That is the gospel. That is our business. Anything else in our business. So I'm saying to you, this is part of my teaching, the church family, it is scripturally and spiritually wrong to use the message of fear to win people to Christ. It is not right. Can I say to you, hell was not designed for human beings. So threatening people about with hell, it makes no sense. It just shows that we don't know our Bible. Praise the Lord. So a few scriptures I want us to quickly read as we get into letting the peace of God rule in your heart. So uh, I think I should touch on that one again. Please do not focus or stop focusing on the surrounding unrest. 
stop focusing on the surrounding unrest, the unrest that surrounds us, the, the lack of peace, the trouble, the war. No, because Jesus has made a provision for you. Focus on the provision of peace, safety that Jesus has given to you and not on the unrest because what you focus on is what becomes real in your life, becomes a reality in your life. There's some churches, you know, there's this church where they, they pray a lot about die by fire, die by fire. You know, I've dealt with many demonic situations with one statement that many of them have dealt with, with fasting and praying for many years. So I see, I see a situation about a demonic situation and I rebuke the devil, I rebuke the demon and I respect himself, he gets out. And these people will hold meetings, prayer vigils, fast and praying to deal with similar situation and yet they don't have victory. But the sad thing, one, one of the sad thing or saddest thing about the church is that in because I've been I've been I've been I've been attending churches and I've been part of them for some time. One thing I noticed is that they look at each other, even in the church, if there's a, if, so if you're a member of the church and you look at a sister or a brother in a kind of uncomfortable way, the sister or the brother will start thinking maybe there's a devil in you and you are demonic. Even in the church, even in the church, they are divided. And to be honest with you, for a few of them that I know, I do see some demonic manifestation in their life. Heavy demonic manifestation. Heavy. Heavy, heavy. You know why? Because they, they magnify the power of the devil and not the power of God. So we and I focus on the rest around us and we talk about it. We moan about it. We fellowship about it. Do you know what we do? We are magnifying the power of the devil and those things become reality in our lives. And that's why when I see some things, I, I'm very quick to say, it ain't my business. Amen. So focusing on the unrest around us, we build unrest in you, anxiety in you, and give the devil a chance into your life. And the devil will steal your peace and make a mess of you. Movies, conversations, Associations, particularly Christian associations, those are few of the sources that the news of unrest and evil news fit into our lives and we need to protect ourselves against those. Amen. Now, uh, Galatians 5.22 says, But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against this thing. So last week, as I was wrapping up, I was looking at the two spiritual sides to the peace of God. So I looked at the one on the basis that God is no longer angry at us. And then now we have peace with God through what God has done for us in Christ Jesus. Amen. So that's spiritual. So no believer should think God is angry at them because anything that could be a barrier between them and God, Jesus has paid for. Please watch last week's message and you hear more on that. So I want to look at the, the second spiritual side of peace. And that is as a person, as a believer, right? The Bible tells us that the day we give our life to Christ, the Holy Spirit came into our spirit and we're sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, you know, to identify us as God's possession. And Galatians 5.22 is telling us here that the Holy Spirit in our spirit, what it produces is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The Holy Spirit in you and I does not produce unrest, does not produce fear. That's what the Bible tells us that the spirit we have received from the Lord is not the spirit of this world. That we have not received the spirit of fear again to bondage. 
We have not received the spirit of bondage to fear. We have received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Bible says that the spirit that God has given to us is to help us to know, is to help us to know the things that God has freely given to us in Christ Jesus. So if there's no peace in our heart, it's not the Holy Ghost producing it. If there's condemnation in our heart, it's not the Holy Ghost producing it. The Bible says, now, therefore, there's no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. Who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. If you're walking according to the flesh, according to what you can see, those things will condemn you. Your conscience will condemn you. The devil will condemn you. So when people do bad, bad or nasty stuff, and they feel condemned in their heart, and they think it's the Holy Spirit condemning them, it's not true. Because the ministry of the Holy Ghost is positive, it's not negative. The Holy Ghost is there to edify you. The Holy Ghost is, is there to help you, like Jesus said, to make known to you the things that are of Christ. The Holy Spirit is in your heart to help you to know your rights and privileges in Christ Jesus. The ministry of the Holy Ghost in you is positive. So, so restricting this to peace, the Holy Spirit does not produce fear in your heart. So if there's fear in your heart, in any way, shape or form, there's some conversations you need to have with the Holy Ghost to say, why am I afraid? What's happening? Or you need to do some kind of evaluation to understand the root of the fear. Because God has not given the spirit of fear. 2 Timothy 1.7 God has not given the spirit of fear, but the spirit of power and love and of sound mind. Amen? God has not given the spirit of fear. So the Holy Ghost inside of you is not the spirit of fear. It doesn't produce fear in you. And it doesn't produce anxiety in you. So some people, when they want to take a step, because they are anxious, they feel the Holy Ghost is the one speaking to them. No. Amen. John 14, 27 says, Peace I live with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the word gives. Do not let your heart be troubled and do not be afraid. Now, what I would like to call out here is this. I haven't established the fact that the Holy Ghost dwells on the inside of us and it produces peace on the inside of us. The Bible tells us that it is our responsibility. Don't forget what I said earlier on. It's your responsibility to understand your responsibility to know. Amen. You can rewind. Right. So the Bible tells us here clearly that we should not let our heart be troubled. We should not be afraid. The Bible gives us, Jesus gives us the responsibility to not let our heart be troubled. It's our responsibility. So when the Bible tells us that we should guide our heart with all diligence because out of it flows the issues of life, it's giving us a responsibility. What happens in your heart? What becomes of you? The state of your heart is your responsibility. It's not God's responsibility. So sometimes people say, I pray for the peace of God. Let the peace of God come already. No, the peace of God is already inside of you. You are the one who have to activate the peace of God. Make the peace of God reign. Let me read a John... John 16.33 to you. He said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. So if you correspond that to what I, how the world defines peace earlier on, absence of war, everything is perfect in harmony. Jesus is saying that the world kind of peace is trouble. It's constant trouble because those things never exist. Right, he said, but take out, I have overcome the world. And I was saying to you earlier on that Jesus has delivered you and I from the power of darkness. Now, I would say, I'll use the word responsibility again. It's our responsibility to know, it's our responsibility to figure out these things that Jesus has done for us, these things that the Bible says about us. Nobody else's responsibility. So I am giving you and I one secret here. That it is what your responsibility to walk in peace. Because externally, things will never 
be in perfect harmony. There will always be an unrest as long as Satan is the God of this world, is the spirit ruling in this world, causing disobedience, manipulating people, inspiring men to throw their wife at the wall, like one demonic um, NFA. Is the NFL uh, star that I saw? I saw like um, somebody shared a video with me. Wuchu is the mother of his baby and threw the lady on the wall and threw, threw, threw her down. I get me. I don't know what the girl was thinking. Maybe she had thought she she thought you know what her life is settled because she came across this this um you know when I say him um, um, I'm trying to be nice so let me be nice this morning. I get me. That's a conversation from that day. I get me. So people would always be, well, this is what I'm trying to say. People always be inspired by the devil to do stupid stuff. People that are to work with through you under the boss. People are weird. Not all people, but people can easily be inspired. Right. So there will always be something that will get you bothered or troubled. Let's establish that fact. But Jesus is saying that in the midst of all of these things, I have given an authority. I've given you freedom. I've given you a peace. I've given you victory. And it's your responsibility to make the peace of God rule inside of you. That peace that you are more than overcomer. You see, that assurance in the fact that God has delivered you from the power of darkness. That assurance that God is your father. That assurance that there is, you have a hope of redemption of your body. That assurance that everything does not end here, but Jesus is going to come. That assurance, there's so many assurance in God. That assurance that God will never leave you nor forsake you. That assurance that God will not prefer the world over you. That assurance that you are a child of God. So many assurance in the word of God. The Bible says, Jesus saying that it's your responsibility. It's my responsibility to go and find out these assurances and establish our hearts in them. Philippians 4 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything. Can you see that? Do not be anxious. Don't forget what we how we define um, anxiety. A feeling of worry, nervousness, or unease. So the Bible is saying that do not allow feeling of worry or our responsibility. And that was why last week when I was teaching, I said I started my own repentance on the Saturday before I came here. And this was my, this was my meditation all through the week. And I guarded my heart so much during the week to ensure that there's no feeling of worry or nervousness on his my heart. And most of the time, these things come from the place of work. And I was ready to stand my ground even against some people who are against me at work. And I was ready to leave the job because I'm not going to allow human beings to steal my peace and my joy. Because as long as I'm in a good state of mind, a, a, a good sound spiritual state, I can get better jobs that, that has better packages. So I'm not going to allow those people to harass me. I was ready. And I had a conversation with someone. I said, you know, I'm thinking of leaving this company. Yeah. I said, I'm thinking of leaving this company. They were surprised. I said, yeah. And I, and I meant it. Because I, I was, I was said to my wife, I'm going to prepare my notice and I'm going to hand in my notice. I've had enough. I didn't have on that jobs elsewhere, but I know what I carry. I know the value I carry. I know I don't go to work to get paid. I go to work to offer a service. And I know that the, the skill set I have, a lot of companies are looking for it. So I'm ready to leave and go to their competitor. And I know what I can take from that company to that company that will benefit other guys. They may hear this video, uh, this message, but it's true. This is why we're in the business. Right. And I told, I told this person, I said, I'm leaving. And then we got into conversations with it. So a lot of what I'm trying to say is that a lot of my rest will come from the place of war, but we need to learn to stand our ground because and I had to, I had to deal with myself and say, you know, what? before all of this happened, I said, you know, what? I have to make God my source because when we trust or put our trust or make our boss our source, then when our boss is being used by the devil to torment us, to harass us, we'll be unstable, there's fear, there's panic, there's unrest in our heart, our health is failing. 
But believers, we must learn to to have this assurance that God is our Father, is our source. It will make another. It will make provision for us. Every company you and I go to work with. It's a privilege for them. They may not see it that way. They may think they are doing you a favor, but you and I must learn to create that reality in our mind that we are a blessing to any company. We are not a liability and they have no right or reason to treat to mistreat us. It's a journey, but we need to start it because we must stop the devil from harassing us because of finances. I don't want to get, get you into other things I'm planning to do off the back of that. Right. So there will always be something that will get you upset, get you anxious. But the Bible is giving you and I the responsibility not to be anxious about anything. Now we'll look at what it asks us to do. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, in almost situation we find ourselves, there's nothing worth of thanksgiving about it. But the Bible is saying that by prayer, petition, uh, petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God we transcend all understanding. We guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. He didn't say we guard your heart and mind. He said we guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Don't forget that Jesus said, he said, in me, in the verse John 16, 33, he said, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. I know this is much loaded than I'm explaining to you. Maybe in future I'll, I'll, I'll just make those two verses the sermon of the day or for that for weeks. Because this must get into this must get into our lifestyle and becomes a habit that when something threatens us or gets us anxious, the first thing you are doing is you are praying in the spirit. Father, what is this? I refuse to lose my peace. Satan, I'm not going to allow you to take my peace because God has not called me to be anxious. God has not produced anxiety in me. You know, speak, we speak first until we, we we secure our peace first. Then we say, Father, what do I do about this? So the enemy should not be harassing you. We should be the one harassing the enemy. You know, one of the ways the enemy harass people like saints in this country, finances, our jobs. And I want to break that spell. I've, th- I've spent some time thinking in the past few days, and, I, and which some of I had to repent this morning too. I realized that in places where I've allowed some nonsense from employers and some people, it's because of finances. And I say, you know, Father, I'm going to trust you, you're going to help me. I'm going to deliver my finances from the control and manipulation of people who have mental issues. I work pride issues. Who are not thinking straight? Whose head are not, are not correct? And when and to be honest, in the companies I've worked for, you can easily see they're like, you don't want to lose your job. You know, like, stop that nonsense. And people are, are afraid, they're cowardly, they know they're afraid of losing the job. So we have to do something about it, and I'm gonna do something about it. Okay, I'll hold on to that. Amen. So as I wrap up, letting the peace of God rule in your heart. Now, what does it mean that the peace of God should rule in your heart? Let's look at the book of Colossians 3, uh, 12 to 15. It said, Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgives you, so also, so you also must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let, and let the peace of God rule in your heart, to which, you, to which also you were called in one body and be thankful. You know, some people are looking, they're trying to understand their calling. Let me give you part of your calling. Your calling is to let the peace of God rule in your heart, part of it. Part of our calling is to, is to be able to let the peace of God rule in our heart. 
So the believer was designed to function in peace. There's something I want to call out here. Pay careful attention. You know, we said that we said Jesus is the Prince of Peace, right? So bear this in mind. Each time we allow peace to rule in our heart, we are, allowed, we are allowing Jesus into that situation. What I've just said is a phenomenal statement. Don't forget it. Each time you allow the peace of God to rule in your heart, you are allowing Jesus to rule in that situation. So if you want Jesus to rule in, in, in a situation, to step in, to guide you, I mean, in the person of the Holy Ghost, you must first of all ensure you secure your peace. Because securing your peace means you are, you are, you, you are relying on him. You are depending on him. And that gives him the room to express himself, to manifest himself through you. So, letting the peace of God rule in our heart is, is, our own ben- is for our own benefit. Amen. And what does it mean to rule? Uh, another word for rule there means arbitrate. And talks about of an independent person or body. He said, and it says here, reach an authoritative judgment or settlement. This Oxford Dictionary. So, in any situation we find ourselves, we must allow the peace of God, the assurance we have in Christ Jesus, be the authority. So, responsibility again to go and find out the assurances of God, the benefit, the, the blessings of God, what God has done for us in Christ Jesus concerning every area of our lives. And we must allow the things that God has done for us in Christ Jesus you know, to rule in our heart. The, the confidence in those things. The assurance we have in those things. Amen. On that, uh, Webster puts it this way. It's an umpire. So, and that word for rule there means an, um, an umpire. And it says, one, having authority to, to decide finally a controversy or question between parties. So, if you feel you are turning between two options, I would say, Go with the option you have peace with. And when I'm talking about peace, I'm talking about peace in Christ Jesus. Peace based on the word of God. I've seen people do some dodgy and dirty things and they say they have peace about it. And I'm like, no, you can't have peace about this thing that is completely evil and ungodly. That's against the law. So what I'm trying to say here is this. We can easily have peace on something or in something based on what we have trained our mind with. Now, when you start doing something wrong or something contrary to the will of God that you didn't have rest with, you, don't, you have a kind of unrest in your heart. You don't have peace about it. But if you stay in it and begin to listen to many people's advice who are speaking in favor of that thing, it gets to a point you start feeling peace about it. You're not feeling peace about it. You are getting justification to do that thing. And the more you listen to many other people to, I mean, who are, allowing or encouraging you to do what you know, first of all, I mean, in the first instance, did not sit well with your heart. What you are doing is that you are silencing the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is not like the devil. It's not the demons that will be shouting in your ears and telling you, stop, 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 don't do that. He works with you based on how you yield to him. He's not demon. He's not the devil. So many of us, what we have in our hearts is a justification to do whatever is wrong or whatever is ungodly. Based on many advice or the celebrities, like I was using an example earlier on what they have said, what Google says, um, what some people have said. You find all manner of demonic articles on, on the internet that would justify and tell you that this is what is right. 
So that's why your peace has to be in Christ, has to be in the word of God. John chapter 14, Jesus said, if you love me, you will do what I command. How you demonstrate you love the Lord Jesus to do what he commands. So if you want to have authentic peace in your heart and be able to allow the peace of God to rule in your heart so that you can allow the Holy Ghost in, so that you can make the right judgment in most, in all situations of your life, you must learn to plug your nose in the word of God to know what the will of God is. Our mind and our emotions can be confused. So the peace of God, like I said, the, the peace of God, like I said, is not rooted in our emotions because you can condition your mind to be at peace with an evil practice. So that's why you and I must learn to allow the peace of God to dwell richly in our heart. In our, and every congregation, every association, every group we associate with, we must ensure that the word, these guys are rooted in the word of God and they, and they exalt and esteem righteousness. Because if you're associating with the wrong Christian group, it will get to a point where you begin to make peace with evil. I hope I'm making any sense this morning, spiritual sense. So many of us have made peace with evil because our pastor said that thing is okay. Because people said that thing is okay. And we silence the voice of the Holy Ghost in our heart. So I'm saying to you that you can silence the Holy Ghost in your heart. And when that thing doesn't work out, you're like, God, why? But I prayed about it. I fasted, I fasted about it. Please don't come to Pastor Tunde because I will expose, I will expose everything behind that decision. I'm not saying all decisions that didn't turn out well as a result of our disobedience, but most of them, majority of them, as a result of our disobedience. So when people come to me and start talking about one situation or something they are going through, they are going through, I start by asking questions. So please, if you don't want to hear the truth, please don't come, come to, don't come to me, please. I beg of you, don't, if you don't want to hear the truth, don't come to me because I have signed my life out for truth. Because I will dig it from the very beginning and I can show you by the help of the Holy Ghost when you started listening to your mother, that your mother said it was okay for you to start sleeping with that boy so that you can hold him down. Or your auntie. I know what I know what is going on. Somebody saying, Pastor, what we said, I know what's going on. Some parents don't like me and they will not come near me because we'll talk about the truth. And even though I say it in love and the nicest way, in the most respectful way that I've ever seen in their life. But the truth coming out of my mouth because they come via the Holy Ghost. They don't like it. So all those things that parents say, you know, uh, you know, um, he's not a bad boy. He, he, he knows the Bible. I know he's not Christian. He's not born again. He plays the instrument. Hallelujah. <laughs> a pastor like him. He's a good boy. And the Holy Spirit is telling you that that guy clearly is not born again, but you just, you just talk yourself into it. Or you, you, you know, he has history. They say oh, he has changed though. Somebody who has been sexually, who has messing up, messing about sexually, or who has been duping people for a long time, they not tell you he has changed overnight. Who does that? You know, I, I deal with women and they say, you know what? <laughs> and they will tell me their husband changed overnight. And I smile and I'm waiting for the next disaster. And only this disaster is just a matter of time. It comes because if your marriage is going through long, uh, prolonged, terrible, um, what's called prolonged, uh, terrible, you know, unrest. That is what I'm looking for. Um, chaos, you know, problems. It's not solved overnight. Even if both parties come to make peace with each other in one evening, they still have to go through a journey of gelling together. Amen. Marriage counseling is free of charge, but we have to book me that maybe in two, maybe I'll have a liberty in three months time. Amen. I'm out of time. So letting the peace of God to umpire your heart to be the deciding authority. If there's no peace 
of God, according to the word of God in your heart, not according to what you like. You want to buy that Gucci, that Versace. Hallelujah. The, the Lord likes good things. Hallelujah. Uh, praise the Lord. The credit card to buy those things that you know that you're not supposed to buy because you want to look good to your to your people. Or you want you you go and buy some luxurious items that you that are not necessary you and you kind of spiritualize like brother Saul. You say, you know, we want to use we want to use this house for fellowship. And you know God dwells in something that is beautiful and you put the family in debt. The Lord knows your postcode. Amen. Another definition here says one appointed to decide between arbitrators who have disagreed. So, like I said earlier on, if there are struggle, conflict in your heart about something, go for the option where you have peace. And if at all you do, you don't even know what's going on. Just withdraw, step back. All those offers today or is gone forever. Another offer will come. If you don't have it, will you die? Amen. And it says an impartial third party chosen to arbitrate disputes arising under the terms of a labor agreement. It's still all talking about it in terms of who you are allowed to be the deciding authority, you know, in any of your decisions. So, like I said, uh, walking and living in peace is a way of, is a way to bring Jesus, the Prince of Peace, into any situation. We must take responsibility for our peace. We must consciously decide not to let our hearts be troubled. Is our responsibility, and what that means is also is that, excuse me, we don't open up ourselves to things that will scare us, that will put fear in our heart. Don't magnify demons. It's not your, it's not your, your business what demons are doing somewhere. It's not of your business for you to be looking at what demons are doing somewhere. Your business is to manifest the kingdom of God. Your your business is to preach the gospel. Amen. It's not your business to be looking for where to bind a demon. Or there, there are demons in this atmosphere. Where is Jesus? Why, why is it demons that you're seeing? Why are you not seeing Jesus that saved people? Amen. Like I said, I also want to add to this. I said, we must consciously decide not to let our heart be troubled. Finally, allow the word of allow the word and voice of God be the umpire in your life. The word of God first and the voice of God. And when I say the voice of God, I'm still talking about the word of God spoken by the Holy Ghost in your heart. Not something you hear somewhere. You had a voice. You no, know, when I was praying, I had this voice. Many people have had all manner of nonsense in place of prayer and they think it's God. So, the, nah, okay. The fact that you hear, you had something, you had a voice in the place of prayer doesn't mean it's from God. Don't forget, as a person praying, you are a human being. The fact that you are praying doesn't mean that you have lost your mind. Doesn't mean you have lost your emotions. And the fact you are praying doesn't mean the devil cannot come near you and whisper something to your ears or mind. Forget that thing. Um, Jesus, after 14 days of fasting and praying, the devil came to tempt him. Some of you would think because you're fasting and praying, you'll not be tempted. It's a lie. So for, forget all of those misconceptions that we have. So we must let the word of God to, to reside in our heart and to be the, the, the judging criteria, our, our, our judging criteria for everything we make, every decision we want to make. Amen. I feel like just going on. I feel like I feel like I've not done justice to this to this message, but my time is up, right? I can only pause. I can't. Fin- I I don't finish, right? I hope that blesses you guys. Uh, we look forward to connecting with you guys.